You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Please turn in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55. And please, do you like to stand, Pastor? Okay. Sorry, I never remember to ask that beforehand, but he was looking at me like he's ready for that. So uh, thank you for standing in honor of God's word. Uh, Let's read this whole chapter here. Verse 1 says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come by wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you even the sure mercies of David. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please." And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much for your precious word. I ask, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. I pray, Father, that if there's a person here who's never been saved, that your Holy Spirit would illuminate your word tonight and draw them to salvation. They would repent in their sin and trust in you, Lord, that they might be saved. Lord, I pray for each one that's here, Lord, 
Lord, we need your word. I need your word, Lord. We need your help. And Lord, would you be with us tonight? Would you manifest your presence? Would you uh, lift up our Savior who desires to seek and to save the lost, Lord? We just want to thank you so much. Lord, would you help me tonight? I need your help, your anointing. Uh, guide my tongue and give me the words to say. We ask this, that help all to be done remainder of this evening to the honor and glory of Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. amen. Please be seated. We see in this passage, um, we see an open invitation. Uh, how many people in life are truly satisfied with their life? You know, as Christians, we're, we're to be content in whatsoever state we're in. We're not really to be satisfied in that sense that we're always, we, we never measure to the standard of God's word. We always fall short. Uh, but, but do we have a joyful, happy, content, satisfied Christian life? We should have. Not that we're, we've arrived, but we should be satisfied. And certainly, the Lord wants each person, he created each person to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a relationship that changes everything and, and gives you what you've been looking for your whole life. And uh, so we see here, um, so I titled this The Satisfied Christian Life. And we see in verse 1 an open invitation. He says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. And he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. So it's an invitation, an invitation to those that are thirsty. Seems like about this point in the message, I need to take a swig of water here. Because uh, it satisfies. It's getting a little dry. I don't mean to make you thirsty, but I'm trying to illustrate a point. And I am a little thirsty at the same time. Thank you, brother. <clears throat> um, but he says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth. You know, the Lord uh, gave us desires, and he satisfies those desires. Mm -hmm. He lets us go through some times when we get dry and thirsty. Yeah. And, um, and what a blessing it is to, to have that thirst satisfied, to have that thirst quenched. And um, we see four things. He, he says, well, before I get there, he, about this water. Come ye to the waters. There's plenty of water available. He says, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy, buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Yeah, the best things in life have already been paid for. Yes. When I was in junior high, in economics class, they taught me that if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. You gotta beware of, uh, you know, get something for nothing. Yeah. This isn't getting something for nothing because the price has already been paid. Yes, the Lord Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross to pay for not only our salvation, but for the salvation of the whole world. He paid for the sins of the whole world with his own blood. So if you're here tonight and you're looking for something, you're hungry and you're thirsty, and this water won't, uh, 
It's more than just a drink of water. If there's something in your soul that's missing that you desire to be satisfied, I'm telling you that the Lord Jesus wants to satisfy you. Amen. His name, Jesus, means Jehovah is salvation. Yes. That means I want to save you, Pastor. It's a personal name. Amen. It's, he wants to save every single person on the earth. That's why John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. And uh, the Lord Jesus is mighty to save. He desires to save sinners. To be saved, you have to qualify. You have to be a sinner. Uh, Jesus said, I'm not come for the righteous, but for for sinners. He came for those who would recognize themselves as a sinner. And pretty much everybody I know would agree to be a sinner. But talking to people, few recognize themselves to be a hell-deserving sinner. But when we see our need, uh, there's a, a holy God that we have offended, and Jesus is our mediator between God and and ourself. Uh, Book of 1 John tells us that he's our advocate. We have an advocate with the Father. An advocate is when you're in trouble, you need an advocate to help you out. But he's not only our advocate, he's our propitiation, which is a big word that means he's the one who paid for everything. So if you can imagine having a lawyer who not only represents you before the judge, but he pays you all your fines and takes the, the penalty for your crime. That's what Jesus did for us on the cross with his own blood. And then he rose again from the dead to prove that he is who he said he uh, was. And he's not dead, but we serve a living Savior. And the same resurrection power that raised him from the dead raises us from our uh, deadness, our dead way of life, so that we can know the life that he created us to, to know. Yes. And that's the living water that we're talking about. Do you know the joy of being saved? I was a nine-year-old boy when the Lord saved me. Yes. I, didn't, I was just a normal boy in 1978, a long time ago. I, I didn't have a life of crime. I didn't have criminal record. I, I hadn't, you know, I wasn't, didn't have any addictions. I was a normal nine-year-old boy, but uh, the Lord let me know that I needed to be saved or I would die and go to hell. You mean a nine-year-old boy, if he died, could go to hell? That's what the Lord was telling me. That's what the Bible teaches, that we're all sinners. Right. Whoso, uh, the wages of sin is death. There is None that doeth good, no, not one. And um, this is very basic things that I'm sure most all of us know this, but it's a wonderful story. It's the greatest story that's ever been told, what Jesus did. And so we see here an open invitation to those who are thirsty. If you're looking for something in life, I'll tell you where you can find it. You can find it right here in this book. And it's the story we're, we're talking about tonight. So we see four things in this invitation. We see a challenging question is the first thing. In verse 2 he says, Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? 
How much of your life do you spend on things that don't satisfy you? Right. You know, we don't have to uh, keep doing that. We see a tender command. So a challenging question, we see a tender command. He says, hearken diligently unto me. Hearken means to hear and to obey. Hearken diligently unto me. Eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. You see, the Lord wants to bless us. I'm not saying he wants us to be rich and to have all, you know, everything we no, he has greater blessings than money. He has blessings that money can't satisfy. He could bless somebody with money. He's blessed us, blessed us at times and allowed us to be a blessing to others. But that's, I'm not talking about health, wealth, and prosperity, but he says, eat ye that which is good. The word of God is good. He says, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Fatness is a picture of satisfaction picture of abundance. He wants us to be living a abundant life. John 10, 10 says, The thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He wants, you know, how many of us Christians are living an abundant life? Uh, he wants us to live an abundant life. And uh, if we're operating on the grace of God, we will be. Right. But if we, grace is, is living on God's uh, bank account. Mm, He's good. already paid for, for that. Yes, sir. By faith, we trust him. If he calls us to do something, we don't have to question it. We just do it and know that the grace will be there to enable us to do what he called us to do. Amen. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, that's a part of that abundant life. It's learning to live our life on God's power. And, you know, the things that hinder us is, is pride is the number one thing. If prayer, prayerlessness can be a manifestation of pride. Because if I can handle it myself, if I think I can, I'll try. And the Lord will let me try. But he won't give me grace to do it. Uh, and, uh, and, if a life like that is not the abundant life that the Lord he has, he has a much greater life. So he says, hearken diligently, eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. It's, he says, let your soul. You mean we can, we can hinder that process? Yes, we sure can. But we should not. He says, incline your ear and come unto me, hear ye, and your soul shall live your soul shall live do you know what real life is all about um, the apostle Paul said but for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain eternal life the definition of eternal life according to John 17 3 is knowing Jesus Christ and God the Father this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. You know, when I married my wife, I, I was 38 years old when I got married, and I needed a wife. I didn't know how bad I needed a wife. I needed a wife. 
I was socially awkward. I'm still kind of shy person, except around uh, internationals and Japanese people. I, at Costco recently, my, I was, my wife like, you got so focused, distracted. Did you even know where the kids were when I was talking to this Japanese lady, using the few words that I know in Japanese. And, but normally I'm a pretty shy person, but I needed a wife and God satisfied and he, he, and that changed my life and it was such a blessing to have a wife. It helped me grow in the Lord. Uh, she's the greatest encourager. I'm, I'm just not nearly the same person I was. I'm uh, much more content, much happier, more mature. Um, I'm still, still pretty immature in a lot of ways, I'm sure. Uh, but but uh, it changed my life. And the Lord Jesus Christ, that relationship of everlasting life pales in comparison to any other relationship. The Lord wants to do so much more for us if we just let him save us. And if we're saved, let him work in our life like he wants to. And then the third thing in this invitation, we see a loving promise. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Um, the Lord Jesus had a close, special, intimate relationship with King David in the Bible. And it was a sweet relationship. He gave us the Psalms, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Yes. You know, there's nothing we will lack in our life that he doesn't provide for us. All our needs will be satisfied. We can lay our head down on our pillow at night and not have any cares in the world mm -hmm. to know that whether we live, whether we die, whatever happens, it's all good because the Lord is on the throne and he's our savior. And he gives us peace and joy. We don't have to be fretting about the coronavirus or, or whatever. I think we're over that. Um, but, but that's a real thing for some people. We all have fears. And I mean, it's a, coronavirus is a real thing. I'm not saying it's not a real thing. We all know that. Um, we know people who have passed away from it. I'm not minimizing that. But, um, but we all have our thing that we're afraid of. I have my things that, that get me concerned, but, but we have a loving promise. He'll make an everlasting covenant with, it, covenant with us, even the sure mercies of David. Salvation is an everlasting covenant. When you get saved, you're saved forever. If it's not salvation that lasts forever, what kind of victory is that? That's not victory at all if you can lose it. Because I tell you, I lose things on a regular basis. I was worried I left my keys at the last dump station on the interstate. And I'm like, oh no, the, you know, we lose things. We forget things. And if it was up to me, I would have lost my salvation already. But it's not. We have a Savior who gives us everlasting, makes an everlasting covenant. And fourthly, we see a fulfilling purpose. He says, behold, I have given him is still talking about King David. I've given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. You know, King David was a gift to the nation of Israel. He was a leader and a commander to the king of Israel. Israel was doing pretty well in the early days under his leadership. Um, Behold, thou shalt call a nation that thou knowest not, and nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel, for he hath glorified thee. 
He's saying that a nation that, that we don't know. He said, nations that knew not thee shall run unto thee because of the Lord thy God and for the Holy One of Israel. The Lord wants us to be a light in a dark world. Just like King David was a light in a dark world. Israel was in the height of its glory in, under his leadership uh, uh, before. And, and God wants us Christians to be the light of the world. Yes, sir. He wants us to come to church with... Not, well, let me say back up. Forget about coming to church. He wants us when we... I'm not saying don't come, but, but a better thing... <laughs> I'm not saying that, but a greater thing, it's easy to come to church with, a, with rejoicing, but he wants us to be a light in a dark world. It's easier to be a light at church, we should be that, right. to be a help and a blessing to other folks, but more so in the, the lost world around us. Amen. Right. He wants us to be a light in a dark world, and the life that we have to attract other people to Jesus. And not only does he give us an open invitation, but we see, secondly, an urgent warning in verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. You know, there's a time when the Lord can be found. You know, we don't know how much longer we have. We don't know. In the New Testament, there's a time when Jesus passed by people and he they could call out to him and interact with him. We don't know how many opportunities we have. It takes the Holy Spirit to draw us to salvation. It's a work of God. We need to not take it lightly when, when God's dealing with us and, and he's, uh, we have an opportunity to be saved. He says, while he may be found, implies that there's a time, Pastor, that we can't find him. That's right. Yeah. The Bible says there's a time when there will be a famine in the land, not a famine of the Word of God, but a famine of hearing the Word of God, mm -hmm. a time when we can understand it and know how it applies, and, and uh, we need to be attentive to that when God is dealing with us. The Bible says today is the day of salvation, it, and Jesus is the I Am. He's the ever-present one. He helps us now when we need it. Um, Tomorrow's, yesterday's past, tomorrow's not here yet. It's today where the Lord operates and where we exercise faith. And so we see an urgent warning. Um, and the Bible is clear that there's a time when God has judgment. Uh, the days of Noah, he said it'd be 120 years. And then the flood came. And when the flood came, it was too late for those who were, they had their chance, they had their time. Noah was building that ark for 120 years. Uh, he was a preacher of righteousness. I'm sure he preached the gospel because the Bible says he was a preacher of righteousness. And yet the world perished except for eight individuals. And, um, and thirdly, we see a call to repentance. He says in verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord. And to um, let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him, 
and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Repentance is a turn when we turn from our, our way and we turn to the Lord. Amen. Uh, we turn from, we, we give up our life. I'm tired of life as it has been, yes. and, and I want a life according to the word of God, by God's grace. And he says, let the wicked forsake his way to get rid of that old way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him and to our God for he will not just pardon but abundantly pardon. There's three reasons why we should repent. The first one is because the Lord is ready to forgive uh, we just read, he will have mercy upon him and abundantly pardon. And then we see right after that, my thoughts are not your thoughts. You know, his ways are not my ways. And the context of that is about his mercy. As high as the heaven, heavens are above the earth. You know, it's talking about the mercy of God. We might come to we might struggle with forgiving ourselves or forgiving other people, but the Lord uh, is infinitely greater in his ability to forgive. If we're saved, we can do it as well because it's by his grace. But he will abundantly pardon. And the second reason why we should repent is because he has given us his word. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. God has given us his word. We notice on the drive over here, the closer we got to Sioux Falls, it got a little greener. That tells us that there's more water around here than there is in other parts in the country. When we were in the Northwest, we were driving through, it was like a desert, you know, Southern Idaho. And then we came to the Snake River. Snake River was a pretty good sized river. But there was a point when we were crossing a canyon by Buell, Idaho, and we looked over there and, and I was like, they had a name on the bridge but they didn't have a name for the body of water flowing underneath it. And so I asked them, what is that? And they said, oh, that's the Snake River. And I said, that thing was a Snake River? It was like a little creek. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but it was not the same river it was upstream a good bit. And that's because they have dams and they divert the river and they irrigate, you know, those Idaho potatoes yeah. and those sugar beets. And, it, uh, and it's because of that water that we have, you know, southern Idaho, I'm pretty sure, was a pretty much a desert wasteland before they had those irrigation projects. Yeah. And it's a very fruitful, very productive area. And then we drove over along the Columbia River. We went over there, and again, it was like a wasteland of desert, not cactuses, but sagebrush and a whole lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. Bare mountains and hills. And then as we got closer to the Columbia River, we see some green stuff over there. And then we got closer yet, and it was like a paradise of cherry orchards, apple orchards, and all of this fruitful, productive land. 
I don't think the land is a whole lot different than the land that we passed through that was a desert wasteland. But it's the water that makes, that brings life. And the same thing, the water of God's word brings eternal life. Yes, it does. And it, if we, you know, if our life as a Christian is not fruitful and productive, we just need to get in God's word more and let right. it do its thing because it is what prospers. The word of God, you know, it's not, you know, I'm not a super gifted, super talented person, but if I learn God's word and understand it and apply it to others, God's word will prosper. Yes, it will God. bear fruit. Amen. And, um, and if you're here tonight, it's the word of God that will change your life. It's not the words I say, but it's God's words that I say that has power and is life-changing. And so we see uh, we should repent because God is ready to forgive, because he's a merciful God. He has given us his word, which is powerful, which will change our life. And thirdly, we should repent because he has promised us a good life. I love this verse here in verse 12. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. When's the last time you had peace and joy? Have you ever had peace and joy? You will if you get in the word of God and obey what God says to you through the scriptures. It's God's word that's powerful. Ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Is he saying that the mountains will start singing? He could be, but I think, as I understand this passage, it's a metaphor for the joy of the Lord. I could be wrong on that. Maybe he, God wants the mountains to sing. He literally could make them sing. Right. And he literally could um, make the trees clap hands. You know, I haven't seen too many trees with hands, but uh, God could make them have hands. I think what it's talking about is I, there was a day in my life when God let me know that he wanted me to be a missionary. He had prepared my heart for that. He had given me a desire for international students. And I thought to myself, really? He, God would let me be a missionary? When I surrendered to that, I had so much joy. It was one of the greatest times of worship in my life. Amen. And later that day, it's like I could hear the mountains. It was a beautiful day outside in New Mexico where I surrendered and, and I could hear the trees is like, I, you ever notice that when you're joyful, you notice the birds singing? You notice the sun, sunsets more when you're walking with the Lord and you're yeah, joyful? I had so much joy. He wants, the Lord wants to bless us with joy and peace. And um, also he wants to bless us with a fruitful life. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. Um, are you a thorny person? I can be. If I'm not walking with the Lord, uh, I can be pretty thorny. I can, uh, but by God's grace, we don't have to be. We can be a blessing. Instead of a thorn shall come up the fir tree. Fir trees are a blessing. That's why... Uh, many have them in their homes at Christmas time. They have a fragrance 
they harbor a lot of birds, not inside your house probably, but, but uh, yeah. birds love to find haven in fir tree and they point up to heaven. They're a blessing, get a lot of lumber around them. Uh, there's a lot of things. Instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. The myrtle tree is an aromatic, uh, aromatic tree. It's, um, I haven't seen one, I haven't smelled one, but apparently they're very aromatic and they have flowers that are a blessing. You know, there's some other trees that we know around here. Um, I don't know about this part of the country, but you know, you can go by a rose bush and, and a certain time of year when they're just, you, you can smell it from a good bit away. And you think, wow, what a, what a fragrance, what a blessing. And, um, and the Lord wants our life to be a blessing. He wants us to have peace and joy. He wants us to be a blessing to those around us. So, uh, so I ask you tonight, have you ever had a time in your life when you've been saved, when you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you let His blood that He shed on the cross pay for the penalty of your sin, where you repented of your sin and trusted in Jesus. When you said, told the Lord you're, you're done with your life as it has been, that you want a new life like he intended. Amen. And, um, and by God's grace, uh, he will make that happen if we just trust him to save us. Amen. He did that for me and many of us here. And, uh, and then if we're saved tonight, do you know the, how are we doing at being letting our light shine, you know. How much of the water of God's word are we drinking? You know, John chapter four, he said, that woman at the well, you know, who drinks of this water shall thirst again. If you drink of that well water, uh, Jacob's well, you'll get thirsty and have to come back every day. I'm already getting thirsty. It doesn't last long. But when you get saved, uh, I'm not saying we will never get thirsty again, but we know where to be, where to go. We can keep drinking from that well of salvation. Amen. Isaiah 12 says, um, therefore with joy shall ye draw waters out of the well of salvation. Amen. Uh, that's what the Christian life is all about. And it's about, if we're drinking of that well, it ought to be sloshing over on other people around us we should be, uh, as we know the word of God, it should be a blessing to others yes. and to bear fruit in the lives of other people. So, uh, yeah. amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.